0: Good morning. You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. Welcome back. I'm Ben.
1: And I'm Carrie Nikolai,
0: And we're with Codo Banker, CWR Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. You're the agent, I'm the licensed assistant.
1: And the husband too.
0: Yeah, it, it works out well that way. It does. So, in the studio, we have Carol Davis with Central Wisconsin Cultural Center. Welcome.
2: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: So, first off, how can people get in contact with the Cultural Center?
2: Well, they can call us at 715-421-4598. Let me check that.
0: (laughs) And I see that on the website, you can uh, head over to culturalcenterarts.com.
1: That is correct. And you guys have a really awesome Facebook page yet too on top of it. So we can always send a message through Facebook if we need to. Yes, we're very good at responding
2: to messages on Facebook. Yes, it is 421-4598, area code 715. We are located now at 2651 A Street South in Rapids. We are between Culver's and Goodwill, best of all worlds. Exactly. I say the most dangerous part of my day is seeing what the flavor of the day is,
1: and uh, that is dangerous. It is. That's got to be really hard, like on a Friday afternoon, getting ready to go home, and it's like, okay, fish fry. (laughs) Let's go get some.
2: Well, actually, we're closed on Friday. Oh, you so are? I okay, go so early, then it's easier. So, it's a little bit yeah. easier. Yeah, there's another thing. Our hours are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and we're open from 10 in the morning till 5. But we do have classes outside of our business hours. So uh, we will have classes. For example, we have classes on Tuesday evenings. Wednesday nights, the wood carvers meet at our location. So if anybody out there is interested in the Wisconsin River Woodcarver's group. Um, They meet every Wednesday, usually starting at 5.30, going till 8 o'clock. They're always looking for new members. Okay. And they have a little show and tell where everybody shows what projects they're working on and... Then they have time to work on projects. They have a sharpening machine there. They have all kinds of books that people can check out and look at, and nice. and then they just have each other to bounce ideas off and get tips from. So that sounds like a really fun time. Oh yeah, there are some really beautiful woodworkers there. So I mean, don't mean the woodworkers are beautiful; they're doing beautiful.
1: <laughs> I mean they're okay. <laughs> so on on Mondays and Fridays, if like we have an artist who wants to meet with you to kind of get in on one of the shows or something like that. Can you, they do like an appointment only sure, we could do on those days so that way if, you know, we just had Sarah Derry come on the show last week. And so she does a lot of art yet too. And so she was looking for places to display her art. And so we kind of mentioned the cultural center. So, you know, she wanted to meet with you and, uh, you know, start a conversation of how to display her artwork she would do, she would be able to just, you know, call and she make could. an appointment?
2: Absolutely. Okay. Call us or she can email us at cwcc at culturalcenterarts.com. Okay. And either way, we'll respond to her as soon as possible. And yes, we do set up times outside of our business hours to meet okay.
1: with artists. Perfect.
2: Always looking for new artists. Okay. So- and
1: the, the new building. Let's talk about it. The new Ooh, building. Exciting. I'm stuff. always excited to talk about remodeling. Yes. I mean, there's always demolition because come on, you got to love demolition. Anything can be fixed with a crowbar and a hammer. I mean, it's just so much fun doing demo.
0: And every tool is a hammer.
1: Exactly. At this point. Right. So you were able to purchase the old Wood Trust building. Originally, there was talk about being down by the Hotel Mead on the backside of Hotel Mead, but that got pushed off to the side and Wood Trust Building came open and for an option to to do that. So you bought Wood Trust. Explain how you got how you changed a bank into a beautiful place for artwork. It is
2: amazing. The space that we have in the bank, former bank in the cultural center now, is similar to the space that we would have had in the building that we were going to build from the ground up on Jackson Street. Okay. So about 7,000 square feet. And when we were able to look at the bank and see how we could utilize the space, because you have some office space, you have some back area. There's a kitchen in that building in the Mm -hmm. back. It was the break room for the bank. And we ended up putting a double oven in. So now we can use it to be there for caterers who might want to rent our space for okay. a small reception or a shower or something like that. Oh, wow. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, we have big plans for this building. And I mean, we really want to make it the community's building too. So, you know, we want to make it as usable as possible. So there are a lot of exciting things. So mm-hmm. when we did get in there, we were able to visualize, okay, this area, which held your personal banker's kind of cubicles, Mm -hmm. which has amazing natural lighting. It faces A Street. It's on the west side. So you're getting that beautiful sun at the end of the day. It really lights the, the and warms up that room. That's our
1: classroom area. And you probably didn't have to mess around too much with the electrical because they already had, you know, space for the cubicles. So you didn't have to do too much with the electrical work. Kind of in those spaces because you're going to need it for all of the, the art tools.
2: Exactly. And that's why the woodworkers love this space. So they can plug in their tools if they need to. So when they're meeting there on Wednesday nights, yeah, there are a lot of outlets. And the only thing we really added in that area was a a um, water faucet, a sink, So, and we were able to run water from the back of the building to the front of the building because in the other part of the front of the building, which it was formerly Larry Hayes's office when it was Wood Trust, uh, that is now our pottery studio. Okay. So we had to vent uh, outside for our kiln and I had a sink there too. So we were able, like I said, to run water to the front of the building, but since it was flowing towards eighth street. That was good with our contractors, Altman Construction. They did a wonderful job on, on our contracting, and it was on
1: time and
2: on budget. It was, we can't say enough about those guys. And
1: I know some, like, really cool facts. So this is where I'm trying to, like, walk you through the building to kind of highlight some of those fun things. So in that same space, so we're still talking about when you first come in, where the cubicles are, where you're doing your classes. You have some very unique desks that was built and so this is where it's really great when you had earlier had said that you want this to be the community's place to come. And it is so cool of how you actually are tying in the community, even in the desks that they're using. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leading up to this. So sure. explain to me or explain yes. to our listeners these really cool desks because I okay. got to see them and they were really fabulous. And I am just... Super, super excited about these desks. Yeah, very good. I'm happy to. Um, Actually, I am
2: co-director of the Cultural Center with Mary Olson, and she is wonderful at having a vision for repurposing things. Mm -hmm. So as we were tearing things out, we were tearing out a lot of teller stations, and Mary said, I think we could reuse those. We could reuse those for classroom desks in the classroom area. And so we had the contractors pull them all out. They put them in the classroom area. So then we just had these desks with no top because we took the laminate top off because that wasn't going to work because it was a big, long top. Right. It was, we weren't going to be able to cut it up. And so the thought was, what do we use for the top of this? So we were looking at your traditional laminate tops or wood tops or whatever, kind of shopping around. And... Then um, Mary's husband, Teddy, had some bowling alleys from, from Evergreen Lanes, like not the recent ones, but like 15 years ago gym. when yeah. they replaced them. Mm-hmm. She said, what do you think about putting bowling lanes on this? I thought, what a great idea because they're durable. Mm-hmm. They look good. It's wood. It's solid. And uh, they're gonna stand up to anything that we're working on that in the right. classes.
1: And the really neat thing is when you when you you gotta go to the culture center just to check out these tables. If you're gonna do anything, go check out the tables because they're really neat and it's really cool how you're able to take those teller stands and then add in a bowling alley on top of it. I mean, it's just you would never think that those were two separate items.
2: Right. I know. It's it's uh, genius on Mary's part. So mm-hmm. Uh, she, like I said, she has this vision. And so then we put rollers. We have casters on them so you can roll them out. So if it's a nice day outside and we have a, a class that we could actually do outside under the overhang that used to be the drive-through, well, hey, let's wheel the, cla- the tables out there and
1: make them work outside. Wouldn't that be nice? It was just really cool how those, those tables turned out. They so are. It was, it was really great to see. So... We were able to keep some of the vaults. We in, do <laughs> in in the I keep calling it the bank, but in, in the cultural center there are several vaults because obviously moving a vault would be super expensive. But it's really great how you kind of repurposed those vaults. Yet, yeah, too. It's,
0: it's kind of an integrated part of the building.
1: It is. I mean, it, unless it's the the vault that we saw in um, Minnesota,
0: Winona, in Winona, Winona, Minnesota. I mean, that was
1: a vault that you could actually walk around the Winona Bank. If you ever need like a day to go do something, Winona, Minnesota is a great oh, place to go. Mm. So our oldest son went to France. So we had the youngest son at home. And so we wanted to do something. So we took him camping and we went to Winona. So,
0: I, I was on a job there in Lacrosse, Crosse. So came and visit and we did camping overnight instead of paying for a hotel. And so, yeah, then we had to find something to do.
1: So as Ty is over in France going all to these really cool, you know, art galleries, we found an art gallery here stateside. So Ty's looking at the Van Goghs, Matt's looking at the Van Goghs here in, in, well, it was in Minnesota, but here in the United States. So it was kind of neat to see you know, what Tyler was doing in France, we could almost repeat his whole entire trip in France in Winona, Minnesota.
2: That's amazing. It is.
1: We need a Van Gogh. Right. We have a Chihuly, but we
2: need a Van Gogh. So
1: that's where it kind of, you know, (laughs) with having a vault, if there was an opportunity to go and get and have a Van Gogh kind of come to Wisconsin Rapids, you would have the space to secure cool art projects. Right.
2: We have a vault. We have well, actually, we have two vaults. Although one vault, which was behind the teller station, we ended up having to transform by code. We had to have three bathrooms. Okay. So we turned the one vault, which they had to cut through a cement wall, and then we turned that into a third restroom. So we do have that. Then we have our night deposit vault that's
1: back by where the drive through was. And so, and it's neat to see it open during the daytime, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, Come to the culture center and check out the vaults.
2: Right. I love giving tours and I will always say, and here's the vault that the bank threw in, you know? So,
1: and now we use it for storage. Okay. And maybe someday valuables. It would be kind of <laughs> neat to see, you know, something. I mean, would that be, is that going to be like part of maybe a five-year plan or a 10-year plan is to get maybe some of these higher, more interesting art Come to Wisconsin Rapids, or is that just kind of we want to focus more on the local artist? Ah, I'm glad you mentioned
2: that because we have actually been in contact. If anybody's familiar with Cultural Center, uh, one of the former directors, Sylvia Becker, uh, she was there. Um, and then Stephanie Hartman was director, and now Mary and I am. But Sylvia is a cousin in Mexico City and Hilda Marquez. And Ilda is coming in September, and Ilda does large far- format um, paintings, and it's Frida Kahlo is her muse, so to speak. Okay. And if you're uh, familiar with Frida Kahlo, she does the, the unibrow paintings, the them traditional mm-hmm. Hispanic woman, mm-hmm. and but. Ilda does a take on it, and she works, she hides things in her paintings, okay, uh, her Frida paintings, and, like, she'll pull something in, like, from a Van Gogh or a Rembrandt. She'll hide something in there, or a Gustav Klimt, you know, and she'll put these things in there. And so it's like you have a little treasure hunt while you're looking at these paintings, and they're huge, you know, five feet by eight feet. Well, she's coming in September, and... Will be celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, which runs from September 15th through October 15th. So, and we've already planned out that Ilda will be going to the local high schools and be working with the Spanish and art students on a project. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. Um, She's going to be doing a a floating luminary, and so she'll be working with the students to write. kind of words that are inspiring to them, and they'll each have this luminary. But she'll also talk about Frida Kahlo's life, too, because Frida was actually, um, she was uh, so disabled at times that she had to paint on her back, and she she couldn't move, so she would have her painting above her while she was laying down and work on it just because she was... um, in such pain and that was the only way she could work. She just has an amazing story. So when Ilda is here, she'll tell that she'll talk about Mexican culture and we'll celebrate that and then work with students in our community too. And we, we actually want to open that same project, that luminary up to the public too, and have people come in to.
1: That'd be really cool to see.
2: Because it sounds like she is just a, ball of energy and so to have that that energy and that positivity and her sharing of her culture mm-hmm. and you know and our opportunity to learn more about hispanic culture that's really going to be a very cool opportunity for our community mm-hmm. well, that's
1: good yeah how we get on that i don't know see this is <laughs> <laughs> we we kind of like mingle i mean it's you know we start with one topic and we go off off well, there is no script, so yeah, <laughs> just kind of keep great. going. I love it. So we've got, okay, so I'm trying to walk through the room. So we got the two vaults, yeah. and then we have like a back area. So there is like a little bit of a back area. We have like a gift shop, so that's kind of where I'm at right now mm-hmm. is like the little back conference room with the gift shop off to yes, the side. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, so...
2: Um, If people are familiar, right now we actually have a Cranberry Call for Art. We have artists bringing in Cranberry Art, which will be our next exhibit, which runs from uh, April 20th to June 17th. So June 19th. So
1: the end of the Blossom Fest?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yep. So... Um, but what we have in that conference room mm-hmm. is all the posters, because one piece of art from this Cranberry Art Exhibit will be selected for the Cranberry Blossom Festival poster. So okay. every year they select an artist, and then that is reproduced and printed at Faye Printing, and then we sell the the posters. But uh, people who are coming into the Cultural Center can see all the previous
1: year's posters and just really some amazing things. And- I know for the Cranberry Blossom Fest, we always went through and took a look at all the cranberry stuff. My uncle owns a cranberry marsh and it is always so much fun. I know enough about cranberries to have a conversation, but any, anytime anyone has a question, I always go to my uncle and just say, okay, Educate me just a little bit more. Yeah, perfect. but it's really great. I mean, some of those artists that, you know, they go out, they take a look at the bogs and they take pictures of it. Mm-hmm. My cousin takes beautiful photos of their marsh. And it's just like, it's just like, oh, this is really pretty. I really like how she photographs the whole entire harvest season. And it is so great. She usually has a couple pieces in the exhibit too. So, who's your cousin? So it would be Mary, well, it's Mary Sawyer to me, but. Smed Brown. There you go. Okay. Oh. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Cool. And being out on the marsh, you have the availability to, you know, see when the light is just right and you can just step out and do a really cool shot or in Mm -hmm. the morning, especially when the dew is like frozen. And so there's just this frozen ice cranberry hanging right on the vine. It Yeah. Some gorgeous stuff.
1: So yeah, it's really great to see Mary's work. I mean, she posts everything on Facebook of, you know, the harvest or you know, just everyday life on the marsh. And it's really great to see those those photos and then they have them in the exhibit too right. as well. It's like I actually know someone who's in that. I'm like she's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, that is cool. That is very cool. Yeah, and we've had quite a few artists dropping things off this week and last week. Okay. And um Tomorrow's the last day to drop things off for the exhibit, and then we'll be setting up over the next couple weeks, and then it'll open on April 20th, but uh, we also have a little area in the gift shop that's homage to cranberries, Mm -hmm. and so Mary Brazo Brown has some items in there. I know we've got a... Cranberry cutting board from Newmark, and just some different things here and there. Some paintings. Um, oh, I wanted to mention with our cranberry art exhibit that we will have um, a special display this year, and we'll be honoring Laura Potter, who unfortunately extremely talented artist who passed away uh, a couple weeks ago, and so she was had actually been selected for the Cranberry poster in 2014. So we'll have her poster on display and some of her other Cranberry art, but just such a talented artist. So we are... Our hearts just go out to her family because such a great loss for our community and and such a talent to the art community, too. Mm -hmm. So we were just looking at some of her images today and she didn't just paint cranberry. She has this amazing card and it's got a lion on it and it's just.
1: Wow, I'm I'm always impressed. I paint a little bit, but not as like, you know, great as everybody else. You paint
0: really, really well, actually,
1: as long as I can do my trees. As long as I can use the fan brush and just do trees and flowers, then I'm good. Um. Well, do we have an exhibit
2: for you then, Carrie? Because in uh, er- early July, our next exhibit will be
1: the, uh, it's a celebration of trees, Wood County style. So, so yeah, I could do that your- one because I am like awesome at making Yay. trees. That's about it. Um, Perfect. I really miss painting. Um, Just with COVID and everything, we just really haven't been able to do the painting classes. But it's always so much, it's a relaxing. It is just kind of fun to do. It's nice and relaxing. My dad did a lot of oil paintings. And so, you know, usually he hasn't painted in a while. But each one of us has gotten an an oil painting from him that he's done in the years past. So it's really kind of cool to kind of have, it's like, okay, dad did this. And this is kind of cool. And I can kind of do that. But. Yeah, it's it's not like exhibit ready, but I can paint to a point. Well, <laughs> but you keep I have work, a lot
2: you get a couple months. I have a
1: lot of appreciation for the people who do do the painting mm-hmm. and they do a fabulous job. I have a lot of appreciation for people who can do that skill because I've tried and I just like, you know what you you done a great job.
2: Yeah. Uh, and my advice to you is it doesn't have to be perfect. We welcome artists of all abilities. So, we just are grateful that people bring
1: their I got to the point in. where if the art if my painting is not that great, I find stickers to put on the paint on the painting just to hide whatever, <laughs> you know, so that it's like, "Oh, look, she put stickers on this."
0: <laughs> so, we'll call that mixed media.
1: That's yeah, pretty exactly much what right, I do. Right. I do, you You're know, welcome. if I can paint something and I'm like, you know, it didn't turn out so great, let me go find some stickers and I'll put some stickers on it so that way it's somewhat, people won't focus on, the, you know, the actual painting. They're really like, why did she put stickers right. on her painting? What was she feeling when she put right. the sticker on?
0: Butterflies <laughs> in a marsh.
1: In a marsh. It's, it's great. It does. <laughs> Beautiful.
0: But that's also one of the cool things about taking a, a, a painting class or any of the classes at the center uh, creates more of an understanding and appreciation for what an artist would be thinking or the process, especially, mm-hmm. you know, and so then if you go see what someone else did create, be like, I kind of understand the process and it is a little bit more difficult than what I might think.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. We had a class, it was a collage class and the teacher was Jeannie Weymouth. And, you know, as I was walking around seeing kind of what the students were working on Jeannie would give them a little, you know, tips here and there. Like, oh, you might want to add some dots and bring this out. And and I am thinking, you know, oh, I look good enough to be done to me. and But I'm like, you know, the artists, the instructors, they have that eye. They have that, that vision mm-hmm. to, to help the students see, okay, you think you might be done, but did you think about this? Or what do you think about that? I do a lot that?
1: of quilting, so when I do the quilting, I have a plan of what I want to do. So I have a great plan. And as you're going and things are not coming out square, there's a lot of times where you can look at it and you go, okay, I missed my corner here. I missed this. This is not right. This is, you can find those imperfections, but when it's on the bed and you're like walking into the room, you're like, okay, that turned out really cool. Even though I know where all the mistakes are made, everyone's like but it's a beautiful quilt, right? You know, just kind of looking at having that separation of here it is, here's my end product. But if I take 10 steps away, have a different look to that particular quilt. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things I heard Jeannie say to one of the students, you know,
2: I'm comfortable with the imperfections, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I actually like them. So people,
1: it's, it's a work of art still. I do a lot of painting with Carissa over at oh yeah uh, I love Carissa she's great so Carissa understands how I paint and she's now figured out that I need to do two paintings at one time because I can she can be like okay we're gonna do the background I'm gonna grab a little bit of blue and I'm gonna grab a little bit of white and a little bit of green and this is what I'm gonna do and I'm already like halfway done you know and everyone else is you know sitting back and watching her go I'm like oh, so that's what she wants me to do. Okay, well, I can do that. <laughs> so I start, you know, I've got the background. I'm like, okay, now the background's got to dry. You know, I'm fanning it so that way it dries really quick. And I'm like, okay, so she's going to have, the next step is going to be the boulders. So I've already got the boulders ready on for the waterfall and everyone's still working, you know, on their background. And so she's like, you need to get you to do two at one time. So that way... <laughs> You might last the whole entire two hours versus the 45 minutes because <laughs> Carrie's gone. <laughs> and she'll walk by and she's like, Carrie, stop. You're done. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I don't have to play with this anymore. <laughs> need to move on to the next step.
2: Stickers. When you, when you see Carissa next, tell her that I still have two of her paintings over at the Cultural Center. She can I will. pick them up anytime. I'll let her know. I'm taking very good care of them. They're on display in my office. So. Excellent. I don't know when eminent domain comes into play, but uh, I
1: always kind of go with two years.
2: Okay, so well, if they haven't
1: picked it up in two years, kind of yours. I think yours.
2: we're going on one now because okay, COVID so, hit
1: then, and we okay, moved well then, it
2: from our old location. So, so. so COVID
1: year doesn't count. Oh, we're just we're taking okay. that out. Okay. Yeah, so she's probably only on like two months. Right. Yeah. So she's good. She's got still got time. She does. So, Chris, if you're listening, you got time. <laughs>
0: So what other fun activities goes on in the Cultural Center?
2: Oh, wow. We have classes going on right now. Um, Let's see. We have uh, a felted spheres class coming up on April 13, and that is where you're making felted wool balls, like the little dryer balls that sometimes people buy. Um, Well, Jeannie Weymouth is the instructor for this, and she will actually teach you how to... um, to put color on there and really make a nice decorative display sphere. So and that class is $35, and it's April 13th from 5 to 6.30. So people are interested in that class, they can sign up online at
1: www.culturalcenterarts.com. Are or we, they can call. Are we limited to the number of people? Yes. So I know with COVID we do you guys do have restrictions? We do. We can only have 10 people in the building if I remember right. Right. Or has that been Nope. um okay. yeah, it's 10
2: to 12 right okay. now. Right now like when I left tonight we had a class going on, and we had the pottery class going on too. So we're probably at about 6 to 8, but um we'll do, you know, a
1: dozen. Okay. So and, and everybody's social distance from each other. Yeah, so we that have way desks, so. everybody's on their own spot. Right. Yep. So right now we're
2: limiting the biggest class that we'll allow is eight people, okay. which the felted spheres is eight people, but okay. there's plenty of room to spread out and that you're not going to get too messy and need a lot of room. You just need to have your needle and your.
1: Oh, I bowl. would find a way to make it all messy. <laughs> I really would. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh, the the, the pleasant surprise that we've had is our pottery studio. Uh, Just to see how the community has embraced pottery, where we get people coming in that will say, I haven't done pottery since high school. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited that this is here because really, before I think you could go to Plover to do pottery, but that place is now closed or closing. And so... We have pottery right in our own community, and what we do is we do an open studio, and Laura Newman is our instructor. She's wonderful. she's there in in our open studio, it's fifteen dollars an hour, and that includes ten pounds of clay, Laura's time and guidance, okay, firing in the kiln and glazes, so all nice. that wow. and
0: that's that's a pretty good deal, yeah,
2: it is it is as you know, especially with the clay. you're not going to use. Unless you make a giant bowl or something, you're not right. going to use all ten pounds
1: at once. So, um, so people can come back and. So does she teach like basic beginner? This is how we yes, use and- a, a pottery wheel because right. I've never have. I've heard like great stories of how much fun they were and and stuff like that, but I've never done like it on a wheel we always you know rolled it out like a snake and like circled it right she does it too yeah and you smooth it out with your thumbs Mm -hmm. and you know you make like this really unique interesting cup holder for your parents that goes to their office and you know you've got that i mean that's what i remember as far as clay and that's going back like to fifth grade So I think I haven't touched clay since like fifth grade, but I Mm -hmm. think it'd be kind of fun to, to do it. I've always been intrigued by the horsehair pottery. Yes. We have some really cool examples of that in our gift shop. Yes. Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. um, In fact, uh, at our latest class, I saw her and I was talking to her two students and they were both start from scratch and they were both working on the wheel and they were both doing amazing except when I talk to them I kind of distract them so but then they could fix it and make it perfectly beautifully round again so Well excellent. Yeah, so you are certainly I welcome and she will try make that you out. into a master potter before you know awesome. it. Awesome. So I just need another hobby. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, well if you're gardening, you need some pots and that type of thing. She could help you with that. Exactly. Yeah, I told her you need to do like some kind of garden art pottery class so maybe she'll have that in the near future that Mm -hmm. we can be promoting so i'll have to check that out yeah yep yeah it's been we started the open studio in the pottery studio in february and it's been full almost every week and so we added another set of classes because we only allow three in the pottery studio at a time because of covid okay so we added another one on Tuesday. Well, we filled those two up and we were, you know, three, four weeks scheduled out. So we added a Wednesday and two more sets of classes. So uh, every week we'll do 12 people. Oh, how fun. So, yep, it's it's great. And you're not going to finish your project all in one night. You'll have to come back because you'll have to glaze a little bit because you, you form it, then it needs to dry. Yep. And so
1: and there's a you, huge process right, to it. Right finishing and so i did ceramics way back in the day and so ah. i i'm used to the whole entire mm-hmm. you know all the steps as far as it because we would get the everything from from the mold and we would be doing the sanding and take it all the way to the finished product sure. so i've done a lot of ceramics in the past so it would be kind of natural just yeah, to be absolutely. able to step into that mm-hmm. clay work because it's sort of the same steps right as far as you know Doing the drying, mm-hmm. doing the sanding, doing your your glazes. Yep. So you know what's involved. Yeah, well, I know what's you involved. You would be a natural then.
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing is I need to prepare to install a kiln in the uh, garage workshop.
2: Yes. Let's make sure you're vented like it. to the outside.
0: Yes. 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 Sounds like it. Excellent.
1: Just another project to do.
0: Yes. Woo-hoo. This is exciting.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can come in and and create
2: on our wheel. We have three wheels in our pottery studio. So then you can take them home, put them in your kiln.
1: Excellent. Hire them here. Yes. Well, you could do it old school and build your own outdoor kiln and do it, you know, old, old school way. (laughs) I think that would probably take a lot of work though.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, We have two other classes I want to tell people about. Okay. And one is uh, tell your story. It's a creative writing course with Pam Anderson, who is a um, retired uh, educator, and she reached out to us and said, hey, I do this class, and it's a five-week course, and it's $95 per person, but she will walk you through the steps of writing your own novel or memoirs or whatever, so... For example, week one is generating new ideas and plotting the story, and then developing characters, doing scene versus narration, you know, how to make your words sing, and, uh, you know, literary devices to use. And then, most importantly, the art of cutting your story down and, you know, making it readable. So, and so she kind of plans out her class where. She'll kind of talk about, you know, what you're going to be learning. And then she'll give you some examples. Then you have time to work on your writing. And then at the end of the class, if people are wanting to share and read things, and then she... it's a, It sounds
1: interesting. Yeah,
2: and we're doing that. That starts April 19th. They're all Monday nights. So April 19th. And I'll finish up on May 17th, which is two weeks before Memorial Day. So kind of oh, a nice, nice dead time too. You know, your people haven't started going on vacations yet. Right. It's a Monday night. There's and, no football yet. Right, exactly. So, Well,
0: that, that's one of those artistic processes that doesn't take a lot of stuff. You know, it's mostly cognitive and then something to write it down with. So right,
2: exactly. Just
0: a, a laptop or a notebook to start writing.
2: Right, because even when we were thinking, of, you know, what kind of things do people need for the class and they can bring their own bring your own notebook bring your own Mm -hmm. laptop because it saves on costs to us so we're not charging you back for something you may probably never use if we give you a journal or something may as well bring your laptop if you're comfortable with that
1: right all right so what's our next
2: class okay and then the other class that we've got Right now on the schedule is let's let's get started knitting course. And that's with Terry Yeager. And Terry actually owned a knitting shop downtown. Oh gosh, it was probably 15 years ago. Okay. It was right in downtown Rapids. Um, kind of on the book world side. Okay. Um okay, where was it Seavers Restaurant? Gym. All right.
0: Oh geez, that—that's you know, way back in the day.
2: (laughs) I mean, I was born and raised here, but I can't remember that side of the street. Wisconsin Theater, and then there was a little place next to it, I think.
1: Okay, and I remember Book World, and I remember the theater. So she had a
2: little. It was a cute yarn shop, and so. But anyway, she's the instructor for this class, and this woman knows her yarn, and she will be doing. An Introduction to Circular Knitting, and you'll learn how to knit a hat, but you'll also learn about the tools and fibers that you use, a little bit of history of knitting, and then uh, what kind of things you need if you want to keep going knitting, what what are good things that will help you, you
1: know, if you Good decide. habits to start.
2: Right, yep. So... um and it's a unique style. So I think it's a one. The The class does include the knitting needle. Which okay. is a circular knitting needle and the yarn and Terry's um, expertise. And we have eight people available for that class. So we're still taking registrations for that class. We do have spaces available. And by the time you're done with class, you'll have a
1: hat. So... Excellent. He'll be time for the winter, the spring snow.
0: Yep. And then he can practice all the way through the summer. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to next winter again, which will be like in two months after the springtime snow, you know, you'll be ready uh, and and have enough for the rest of the family too. Sure.
1: Hats for everyone. Maybe throwing some mittens too, you know? You got time. Well, it's just nice to get those basic skills down as far as how to do the knitting. I do a lot of crocheting. So I do, at at an open house, I'll take along some yarn and a crochet hook and I'll just crochet stuff. So this coming up winter, one of our Christmas trees is going to have these fluffy um, white stars. So they're supposed to be, you know, snowflakes, Mm -hmm. but it looks like the fluffy Mario star. So it's going to be an interesting Christmas tree to say the least, but, you know, just being able to sit down and just do a little bit of you know crocheting just to you know 10 minutes here 20 minutes there it's kind of fun and plus it's one thing that you can do and you can see your progress right away where some stuff is you know you do 10 minutes of it and you just feel like you made no progress Mm -hmm. on it because the project's so big but doing those you know the quilting and the crocheting you get to see that fast progress where you can go like oh I'm actually getting this done it's gonna get done yeah, in
2: fact, you mentioned crocheting. We get a lot of requests for a crocheting class. So mm-hmm. that's something we're looking at in the future. And oh, and big excitement. Okay, this big excitement. This week, we finally found a piano instructor. We've had more calls for people wanting to take piano lessons.
1: We so, offer- who's our instructor?
2: Richard Rupp. And Richard is an instructor. Because in talking to Mary Olson, my colleague, we discovered that Richard had given guitar lessons to Mary's son, Theo. So a long time ago at Emanuel Lutheran, but and I believe Richard gave lessons at Hyde Music when Mm -hmm. Hyde was here. And so he's a longtime instructor in the area, and we're looking at Tuesdays. So if people are interested in... Scheduling piano lessons with Richard. Check out our website, culturalcenter.com, culturalcenterarts.com. Sorry. And we do have a page that lists our different instructors. We also have um, Bob Kosmoski, who teaches guitar and ukulele. And then we have Glenn Runnels, who teaches fiddle and violin. And then Marv Altus is the leader of the Central Wisconsin Choristers, which is a youth group. And so he gives voice lessons to the kids that are in the choristers through the week too. So if people are interested in... It it sounds like it's a busy place to be. It is fun. That's the one thing I miss the most is the music. So it's nice because we are doing the lessons there. Mm -hmm. We just don't have any musical performances. And until COVID restrictions... Uh, loosen a little bit more and we feel more comfortable. Uh, we're anticipating possibly like musical performances in July. Uh, we talked about that at a recent board meeting. And so that's what we're thinking. But who knows
1: if things are seem to be moving a little faster. Right. So, but we can hope. So but the really, you kind of mentioned to it a little bit earlier, now that you mentioned the music going outside. So there is a plan to do... Music and a little bit of outdoor activities too. So, we've got a couple phases for the cultural center. So, phase one was getting the main building established and going, which it looks like we have. But then you guys have that overhang or the drive-through, right? So, is there plans to how is that outside space going to be looking? I know that you told me this, so I don't want to kind of give it all away.
0: Oh, how about drive-through lessons?
1: Oh, that could be fun, (laughs) like
0: drive-through pottery and. You know, drive through music lessons.
1: I think the way that I do most of my craft activities, <laughs> I would probably have more pottery too messy. stuff yeah. in the vehicle than what I'm supposed to. It would be a mess.
0: Anyway, go ahead.
2: Okay, so <laughs> back yeah, to back And we to did take out the banks, like bulletproof glass and their little drawer that, you know, you put mm-hmm. the money through. That's all gone. We had just have a regular door back there. But... Good, good idea in theory. So. Right. So
1: kind of kind of talk, <laughs> talk us through that, that uh, theory of what you guys, your plans for right. the outdoor, because you guys do own a little bit on the outside of the building yet too. So we got the parking lot that's on the Goodwill side. Right. Yeah. And, so we have that. We got a little bit of green space yet too. So what's our plans we for our do. green space? Well, we actually
2: own. That whole lot all the way back to 10th Street. So we own that big parking lot behind us. Nice. And then you have what is uh, the creek the mm-hmm. that's on our property. And then we're right next to Culver's, as I mentioned. So the drive-through area, um, we had a wonderful help from volunteers last year. So the space between us and Culver's is mostly our space. And okay. so we had volunteer landscapers come in and help. People donated plants. So we last summer planted, planted, planted. Last fall, we planted bulbs and more spring plants. So we're excited to see what comes up in the coming month and um, just to beautify that area Mm -hmm. initially. So because if you're in Culver's drive through and you're having a look to your right, uh, you see a lot of asphalt. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to add some more green space. And then this summer... We will be working with a landscaper, and we'll be tearing up the asphalt that's in the drive-through area. Okay. And we will be, from the sidewalk that's, you know, right up to A Street, all the way to the back of the building, we'll be tearing that up. And we'll be doing that in phases and phase one will be the overhang area where you drive under if you're going through the drive-through. So we'll be putting a patio in there, and we'll have a stage for music. So the music stage will face A Street. So okay. bands would be kind of playing towards. Or the a students street.
1: could have their little. Sure. You know, this is what I've learned. Mom right? and Dad a do a little recital outside. I love it.
2: Why not? Yes, and. And we are hoping to put a, a fireplace out there too. Okay. And some different things called relaxation statement stations. And so it'd just be, you know, like a cool space. We want to also put in uh, art garden and sculpture park and then landscaping to kind of buffer the sound from A Street because it is, uh, the traffic is loud on A Street. So mm-hmm. if you're in that green space area. Then you won't hear it as right, much. Exactly. So it'll be its own little oasis on A Street. You know, we have the one of the only squares of lawn on A Street as it is. Right, so. right. There's not that much left on over there. No, not a lot of greenery. So we're excited to be putting some, you know, beautiful art and and we're still kind of in development stage of that because that's phase three. Okay. So the phase two area will be the area right under the
1: overhang. So, and if anybody wants to make a donation to that, I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys are accepting donations oh yes, for, for this. So that way, if somebody would like to sponsor the
2: fireplace, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd be happy to put your name on the fireplace outside and yeah, it could be really cool. So, and probably late summer we would start. Okay. I think, you know, some of our contractors got a little behind with COVID. So... um when you
1: start scheduling with people,
2: it just is a little further out, but it'll no, be it's great when it finally happens. Right, as long
1: as they're still coming and they're still going to you know, work with you. And it's right. like, okay, whenever it works for you is when it's going to work for me.
2: Yeah. Yep, so we're very excited about that because then we can take
1: things outside and really you know, have fun. Well, you could have your outside classes going on while you have the inside. You're still you can still social distance. You got two on top of it. You can be running a couple of classes depending upon how you space everybody out. Right. So that's even going to be better. And if you get a band, Culver's is right next door, work something up with them. So that way, you know, the flavor of the day, they can come over and grab some ice cream and love come it. listen to the band. I mean, sure, i kind of great. I love it. Yeah. We love our neighbors.
0: So, so just a, to- Quick note about donations. There is a donate button on your website.
2: Yes. They can click right on it and we have it set up with our bank and it'll donate and they'll get a receipt and it is tax deductible as allowable under law. So excellent. Yes. So we would very much appreciate that. You know, one of the stories I like to tell is, you know, back to when we were fundraising for the the new location to buy the mm-hmm. bank we were presented with legacy foundation with the opportunity of a $300,000 matching grant which was so generous and we had to raise the th- other 300,000 in 6 weeks oh wow
1: Oh, wow is right. So... I was waiting for the six months, not six yes. weeks. So,
2: right. well, we had to do it because other people were interested in the, in the building, you know, with a great location like that. Right. Very true. And so it was, it wasn't a demand that that the, the Legacy Foundation had made. It was just something where somebody else wants, is interested in this too. So if you guys, you know... So... Um, We were able to raise that money in five weeks, which just goes to show you how much the community supports arts. It was so wonderful to see the support and people just, you know, being so generous Mm -hmm. and contributing and saying, I really believe in this. And then you guys deserve a permanent home
1: and because we've been leasing
2: forever. Well, you
1: guys got bounced around so many different places. It's like, okay, so where's the cultural center this month? I mean, it just, that's what it seemed like because you were right across from JCPenney's. You were in that little building on the corner. So you got bounced from there. You got put someplace else. And then you ended up in the Johnson Hills building and it just seemed like, you just kind of got kicked around rapids and it was like, okay, where are they this year, this month? And right. It was nice to finally hear. Yeah. It was finally great to hear that you guys have a permanent home. You guys are not going anywhere. No, we love where
2: we are. And yeah, a street that it is gold. Our, our guitar instructor keeps telling us, uh, yeah, that sign out front—that is gold for me. Mm-hmm. I have got more new students because of that, just because of the visibility. What is it? Eighteen thousand cars are
1: going by every right. day. So. So with your with the sign, it's right now we just have like a, plat, a wrap around it. Are we looking at getting something that's going to light up and be a little bit more permanent? Yes. Yeah. Is that that's part of our, our phases system. of the outside? Right. Okay. Yeah. Signs are very expensive. Yes, they are. (laughs) So, (laughs) because we were like,
2: let's go digital. We can put all our classes on. So we're looking at that as a possibility too. But um, yeah, it was interesting because when uh, we learned about that sign, it was, it's called a monument sign and it is a big sign. It is. So it's about the size of a monument. So it's great. We
1: love it. That is great. So well, it,
0: I, I know at our office, we just did a rebranding and went to a Kodal Banker North Star logo, you know, kind of like the North Star guiding you home mm-hmm. type of jazz, which is really cool. But everything needed the logo on it. So we're looking at outdoor signs and indoor signs and all of our activewear and branding, everything with pencils, branding. The pa- paper, paper the, be, the koozies, just oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. Every single place where you think that you put right. a logo on, it's like, Oh wait! Every single day was like, oh, and what about this? Are we reordering this? And everyone's (laughs) like, stop looking at things. I'm (laughs) like, I'm just kind of curious, and like, here you go. Here's all the the places that we put a logo. So I know that feeling. Just now Mm -hmm. that you know, just having to go through and just even changing the address. You're not changing the name. You're changing an address.
2: So it's like, and I have to memorize our new address too. Right.
0: And yeah, that, that's one of the things our, our homeowners, you know, on the homeowner side of things, got to go through that as well. And it's, it's kind of frustrating starting this new adventure in this new place that's, you know, you got to figure out your space plus all these other ancillary things.
1: But we did have the one homeowner. They sold their home and they bought another home that they took care of the grandchildren. And so now that the grandchildren are older, they sold that home and they're like, we need to go find a home. I'm like, okay, cool. It's so how it happened that their original home came back on the market at the same time that they were selling. Wow. And they're like, just for kicks and giggles, can we just go down memory lane and just kind of take a look at it? I'm like, sure, let's go. And so it was like walking in and you know, they just loved the fact that their old home and everything that they down to the home was still there and they're like oh I remember when you know our son put this up oh and they left that here Aww. and it was really great well they went home and they opened up a drawer and here is all the old address labels with the old address on it <laughs> and they're like we have to buy the house can wow. I buy my old home back <laughs> and I'm like of course you can you know you can buy whatever you would like and she's like I want to move home just Aww. take me home Carrie I'm like I will get I will move you home Sandy no worries we got gotcha. you so it was kind of fun to see that, you know, that transition back. She goes, now I know my address, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. or, or like the one phone number that you still remember that you had memorized way back in the day. hmm Yep, yep.
1: Oh, that's a great story. It is, it is great. It was really great, you know, for, you know, gotta get them home mm-hmm. and where they feel like they're at home. So, I mean, it was really, it was a sweet little story, but she's like, I don't have to change address labels. Right. Cause I have them and I'm like, awesome.
0: Stay tuned and come back for hour two of My Rapids Real Estate Show, where we take a deep dive into central Wisconsin real estate market and more housing related topics.